and, and I want you to notice here to start with that this is a high point, well, basically a, a great mountaintop in his life and in, as far as beginning his ministry off. And in that, you see that, that all eyes are on the Lord. You know, everything that has been done prior to this brought all attention and all the, all the, all the eyes of the people upon Jesus. And that is why, at that point in time, you know, I believe the devil, he's, he is, um, very methodical and, and precise in his attacks in our lives because he attacks you. When you, when you come to a place where you, you have that moment in your life and you're gonna have several of those moments, you'll walk with the Lord where, like I said, God's glory is in your life and God uses you in a mighty way. And, and sometimes God uses that. People are watching you. It's at that moment that Satan, more than any other time, wants to cause you to fall because not only do you fall, but oftentimes it causes a lot of people around you to fall with you and so you have to be careful uh in that and so now as satan plans to tempt him notice that that when jesus goes into this it says that he was led by the holy spirit or he was filled with the holy spirit and then he was led by the spirit into the wilderness now when you look through the scripture okay the wilderness is always a place of testing when the children of israel were brought out of egypt as slaves and god delivered them he led them okay he led them out into the wilderness in the wilderness was the time of the testing of their faith. There's one scripture in Deuteronomy where the Lord said, I caused you or I allowed you to hunger to test you and to see if you would obey me. And so don't think that you're going to go through because every single one of us as believers are going to go through times of the testing or the trying of our faith like it talks about in James chapter 1. It's often referred to as trials by fire. You know, because God's going to test your faith. He has a purpose in it and, and and Satan also has a purpose in what he's doing and God allows certain things and he allowed Jesus to be tested here even led him into it but the awesome thing about this is think about this in this Jesus was the Bible refers to as him as the second Adam you know, the first Adam was uh, the representative of all mankind he wasn't tested in the wilderness he was tested in the garden he was perfect at that time, okay? And God had created him perfect. He had a, he had free will. The Lord told him in, in Genesis chapter 2 and 3 there not to partake. He could eat of any tree of the garden, him and Eve, him and his wife. He could eat of any and every tree of the garden. But in the midst of a garden, there was a tree of the knowledge of uh, good and evil. And he said, do not eat that tree. Because in the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And it wasn't long after that, Satan came to the first Adam and he tempted him. Now, if Adam would have overcame that, we would have never experienced the sin curse because he represented all of mankind. And since how Adam fell to that temptation, he chose to listen to the devil. It wasn't a, oh, he deceived me. He knew exactly what he was doing when he did it, okay? Oftentimes we want to make excuses. Adam had no excuse. God had clearly revealed the way and the truth to him. He chose to sin against God. He chose to listen to the liar. And after that, because of that, death was passed upon Adam. And because it was passed upon Adam, it's passed upon each and every one of us because we're all born in sin. And because of that, that's why people will die and go to hell for all eternity because of their sin. Now listen to me. If you're here and you haven't heard this, you will go to hell because of your sin if you choose to. 
That's all in your boat because Jesus, the second Adam, came here. And when he comes here, he's just not doing this for himself. He is representing each and every person who's ever breathed the breath of life. Because he is good. He said, I'm going to go. This is where Christ began to represent us. Okay, And he represented us here as, as overcoming temptation that Adam fell to. Okay, And so in this, when he goes, he's going to face this time in the wilderness for us because he also knows we will also face the same temptation. The Bible said that Jesus faced each and everything that we would face because he overcame, we can overcome because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay, now, <clears throat> looking at this, the reason that Satan tempts us, okay, is because he tries to lay claims to us. And you'll notice here, he does it in, in three different ways. Okay, let me make sure I don't get ahead of myself. But he does it in three different ways, and he starts off here by appealing to the flesh, desiring for, and this is the purpose of it, he desires to bring us to a fall and to destruction. If you can grasp that, so many times we got such a weird look on 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 the things of God. We think we know we, in our in our minds we think well, the things of temptation are really fun and they're really good. But you know, God doesn't want us to do that, so we ought not do it. They're not really good. Sin is not really good. It doesn't produce really good. It appeals to the flesh, but the flesh leads to our destruction. The Bible clearly says, if you follow after the Spirit, you have life. But if you follow after the deeds of the flesh, it produces death and destruction. And if you grasp that and you get in your mind that sin is not you know, wonderful and it's something that's really fun, but God is so boring and holy that He doesn't want us to have anything to do with that. That's the first deception that the devil is going to place in your mind. It's always, every time that you choose to fall to the devil's temptation, it's going to lead to death and destruction in your life. Period. There's no way around that. He desires to make a mockery of God's image. The Bible said we're created in the image of God. I want you to think about this as believers here this morning, okay? <clears throat> this isn't about us. Your walk with the Lord is about God's glory. That's all we live for. Revelation chapter 4, 11 said we were created by Him and for His glory. Every breath of life that you breathe is for the glory of God. Everything that we look at, that we think about, even when nobody else knows what you're looking at, thinking about, saying or doing, God even said the things that you do for Him, do it in secret. Don't go out announcing it and sounding a trumpet, but you're doing it so that as heaven watches, God is glorified because your heart is for Him and for nothing else. So you think about this. When the devil comes along, and I shared this with a kid yesterday, when the devil comes along, he might say, you know, here's Randall Reeves on his phone in church. He's probably looking at the Bible. He's looking, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he was watching one of you this morning. Maybe he's, the devil's like, oh, so, so Randall here, he's your boy. And the Lord's like, he is. He's, he's my son. I'm, I'm so pleased with him. I'm so proud of him. And the devil's like, really? Well, I see him up there worshiping on Sunday, but let's, let's, let's see what he does on Monday. Let's see what he does when his wife's not around, when his mom and dad's not around, when the preacher's not around. Let's get him over here in this group of people, and let's just see how proud you are of your boy. And he comes along and he tempts him with something. Now at that moment, Randall's got a choice. He can either go for the glory of God, maybe something comes up on his phone in the church, who knows? But maybe something comes up on his phone that totally dishonors the Lord, because that's what it's about. 
that is a very appealing to his flesh. Or maybe he has an opportunity to do something that's wrong that he gains from it. Somebody's at the gas pump. He watches a $100 bill fall out. He has an opportunity right there to pick it up and to restore it to the person. Or he can wait till they drive off and put it in his pocket and say, sorry about their luck. And you can say, well, that's not about right. There's a far greater picture going on here. Because you've got the attention of all of heaven and all of hell. And one of them's fixing to cheer. Because the devil's like, let's see what he does. And if he so chooses to fall to that temptation, it is a shame to the Lord. It's a shame to the, to the image of God. And the devil's like, yeah, that's your boy right there. Let's give him a hand. But listen to me. But when you come to your heart to go, I won't look at that. I won't steal that. I won't do that. I'm not going to give in that temptation. Why, why wouldn't you? Especially if anybody else doesn't know about it. Because somebody else does know about it. And it's the one I'm most concerned with because I want to live for the honor and glory of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what the battle of temptation is all about. Because here's the thing. Satan desires to exalt himself above God. Because think about this. You don't fall to temptation. You bow to it. We bow to temptation. Satan said, if you will bow down, all of this I will give you. So whatever you're getting when you get, when you give in to temptation, you're not just getting it. You are bowing at the feet of Satan. I will worship you. I will follow your ways in order that I might obtain what is appealing to my flesh. Ain't that stinking. Amen. That's the truth. And I'm guilty of it a lot. Okay. And the more that I study this, the more I go, I ain't doing that no more. If you want to know the truth. Because I'll be honest with you, I really wrestled with this message. And I thought, Lord, above all things, I don't know if this is right, but I'd really like to get the devil down and kick his teeth out. I would. I hate his guts. I don't know if you're, if you're supposed to feel that way, but I'm just being honest with you. And the more that I think about what Christ has done for me and then the fact that he gave his life, shed his life blood in order to forgive a wretched, sorry, wicked sinner so that I could have eternal life, so that I could have hope, so that I could be walking God's favor, so that he would declare me his beloved son in whom he is well pleased, so that I could experience all of his goodness and his glory, not only in this life, but throughout all eternity all of those things and to think that he did that for me and that I would bow and stoop to his greatest enemy and that, that causes something mean to me to go no no I'm going to walk in the Lord's way and I'm going to walk close to the Lord and I'm going to be really careful because the last thing I want to do is give him any glory and so understand this Jesus is not fearful or troubled because he is far greater than the devil. Okay, but but here's the thing: when the test approached, notice how he handles it. And we're talking about the Son of God. It says, being filled with the Holy Spirit, he returned to the Jordan, was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And he starts off being filled with the Holy Spirit. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, so I won't go into that. But it says here, and in those days he ate nothing. He ate nothing. What was he doing? He was bringing his flesh under control. Because every time the devil tempts you, he doesn't appeal to the heart. He appeals to the flesh. 
He's going to approach us in all kind of ways. And here's the thing. The purpose of a test within a believer's life, number one is, it brings great honor and glory to God. You might not be a worshiper who loses their mind and, and jumps up and down and all that kind of stuff, but you can be that type of person who when you're put in a situation, you can say, I will honor God. Now listen to me. Like I said, nobody else might know it, but the Lord stands and smiles at that. And God is honored in that, okay? And so in that, also, it opens our lives to a greater avenue for God's glory. Think about the ones who went through times of testing in the Bible. Job, probably the most known story of somebody who went through the testing of his faith. But when you look at the end of it, it said, And God blessed Job ten times over. And then you think about the children of Israel. How that they went through the wilderness, okay? And God was preparing them for what was coming. What was He preparing for as they went through this time of testing, as they went through this time of trials, as He was strengthening their faith, building their trust in Him, revealing His glory and His power in His life. Why? So that they entered into the promised land and they received victory over their enemies and God was able to open up that avenue in their life and to bless them with what He had for them. Same thing with Joseph, same thing with the disciples, and above all, Jesus went through the greatest test when he died on Calvary's cross for our sin, was buried three days and yet overcame the grave and now he is King of kings and the Lord of lords over all. And so when you're going through a time of testing and temptation in your life, understand yes, the devil is trying to take God's glory. He's trying to defame God's image, but God's side, you be strong and you stay true and you trust in me and you watch who I am and not only am I going to come through this with more glory, but I'm going to open up a door for my glory to be in your life. And most of us don't want to go through the wilderness. Most of us just, we just want the glory. You can't handle the glory. And nor can I. And so that testing and that trial is God preparing us for that. Now, Jesus humbled himself. Okay, I gotta, I gotta kind of quicken up a little bit. But Jesus humbled himself. This is what a fast it is. When he didn't eat, he was like, I'm gonna bring my body under control. I'm gonna make sure that I'm not led by my passions, my desires. Okay, and even though Jesus was without sin, he is setting an example here for us because we are with sin. And if you think that you can overcome the devil and, and you're weak in the spirit, your body has control of you, your desires, your passions. If you can't even control your diet, you sure ain't going to stand against temptation. Is that right? And so in this, he brings, his, he brings it under control because here's the thing. He knew the deceitfulness and the power of the enemy. He didn't take it lightly. I think a lot of times we take it lightly when we let Hollywood dictate who the devil is, that he's some little cartoon character, a red devil with a pitchfork standing on his shoulder, you know, telling you to do something stupid. And that has nothing to do with the Bible whatsoever. The Bible says he's a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Not only did he starve his flesh and he humbled himself, but he filled his heart and his lips with the word of God. His sword was sharp and it was drawn and it was ready. Man, that's what we ought to be Monday morning. Each and every time we ought to make sure we start our day filled with God's spirit, that we have the word of God in our heart, that the word of God is on our lips. Because if you know the enemy's coming, why in the world would you sit there on empty? We need to be prepared because when Jesus spoke, it wasn't some stupid, you know, religious idea of, oh, I'm just going to, you know, say what I noticed. I'm just going to rebuke the devil. You don't rebuke the devil. God's Word rebukes the devil. The truth rebukes the devil. The Spirit of God rebukes the devil. But you don't rebuke anything. 
But we always want to come up with some smooth, tricky way out so we don't have to invest in our relationship with God. We don't have to do the work of faith. We don't have to hide God's Word in our heart. And we think that we're going to overcome and the devil's deceived you already. Now look at the devil's attack. He attacks, number one, appealing to the hunger of the flesh. There's a lot of hungers of the flesh, okay? Your flesh appeals to you in so many different ways, okay? That, that Satan appeals to you to sin. And that's one thing you have to understand is you've got to have your body in subjection to your spirit, okay? If you ain't there, you're in trouble. Because he looks at Jesus, remember he hasn't eaten, he's really hungry, and he says in verse 3, the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Feed the hunger of your flesh. It's natural for you to be hungry. This is something you desire. This is the way God made you. Just go after it. Isn't that what He tells us? No matter what the, what the thing that we hunger for, well, I hunger for a greater position and more money and more things or I hunger for another man's wife or you know, another woman's husband. These are they, and this, isn't this a natural impulse? Yes. It's a very natural sinful impulse. And you've got to come to the place to go, will I let my body be controlled by my sinful nature and bring disgrace to Jesus? Or will I humble myself and will I bring glory to God to bring my body into subjection and to stand against Him to say, this is what God's Word says and I believe God's Word brings me life, not my flesh. Okay, That's what Jesus said. Man... Man shall not live by bread alone. You can go after all the fleshly things you want to, and you know what you're going to end up? Empty and dead. God's Word says, it's God's Word that brings me to life. It's what feeds me. It's what makes me strong. Then, in, and then in, notice the devil didn't give up. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Real quick. We make some bad decisions we make quick decision. What was he doing? He was appealing to his eyes. How many of you have got yourself into, don't raise your hand, but how many of yourself got you into a huge mess because of you looked at and you went after what was appealing to your eyes? Your debt is crazy because you allowed the devil to tempt you with your eyes and you listened and you fell to that temptation. More and more stuff. Bass Pro Shop sent you the new spring catalog and you just couldn't say no. Okay? Some of you might be, I hope not, but some of you might be in a nightmare because you are married to a person who is very appealing to the eyes, but an enemy of God. Your eyes is what the devil will use to greatly deceive you and cause you to turn away from the Lord. But Jesus' response said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. Notice what he's talking about worship here. Satan said, if you'll bow down, I'll give all this to you. Worship is what you have your focus on. You either have your eyes fixed on the Lord and what He has for you, and Satan's always over here going, hey, let me have your attention for just a second. Just for a moment. Let me pass something in front of you. Just for a moment. And if you give Him that moment, He'll take your life. And then you look at the third thing, and I know I'm going kind of quick, but I want to get you out of here. He appeals to the pride of life. Notice he says right here, he attacked appealing his, his pride in verse 12, or in verse uh, 9. Then he brought him up to Jerusalem. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple, way up high. He said to him, if you are the Son of God. He continued to use the word if. 
throwing trash. He was trying to use doubt. He was trying to get Jesus to prove, act upon his, his, his pride apart, independent from the Father, in order that he could say, let me show you who I am. But if you would have done so, don't we do that? When people question you, they question your integrity, they question your ability, they question who you are. Some people question your, your walk with the Lord, especially times sometimes you've all, and all of a sudden we find ourselves acting independent of God pride and out of arrogance and we want to show somebody and oftentimes you know here he's tempting him to to question the father he said throw yourself down he said and basically notice he even brings up he said you know you keep you keep saying about the word satan's quoting the bible here in verse 10 for it's written you put so much emphasis on the word he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone notice what he's doing here he's like hey if you're the son of God didn't he say he'd take care of you jump off here and let's see if he catches you you know pride would have said okay God I'm going to see if you're going to do what you say but if you'll study that scripture you'll notice Satan took that way out of context isn't that what he does with the scripture he uses people to tell you things. Well, the Bible says this. Claim it. And the Bible says that. And God promised this. And if He did, and so many times the Scripture is twisted and it's taken out of context, and the next thing you know, we want to test God and go, okay, I'm going to see if God will show Himself or if He'll do that and He'll do this in the wrong way. And the next thing you know, when we step out of God's will and, and we're asking God, God, you know, Your Word says this and You didn't. And your word says that, and you didn't. And I prayed this, and you said you would you would answer all my prayers, but you didn't. And that's what the devil's trying to do here. He's trying to trying to respond to pride and the man's arrogance. And the Lord said in verse twelve, Jesus answered said unto him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Each time, each time you notice the attack was very intense. It was appealing to those three areas of life, okay? And each time Jesus responded and stood against it, and he had a great victory. Now, think about this. Every time that Satan came against him, he spoke with the authority of the written word, and he spoke immediately. He didn't ponder it. He didn't think about it. He didn't wonder one of the worst things that you can do is when the devil brings a temptation is for you to focus on the temptation and to think about it and to ponder it. You know what Eve did? She looked upon the tree. She saw that it was a tree that the desire desirable to, to give you wisdom. It looked like it was very tasty. She she was she totally took her eyes off the Lord. She didn't respond. She should have said. We know that God is good to us and God said do not partake of the tree because if we do in that day we shall surely die. She should have turned around, stomped the snake on the head and walked away. You know, there's a lot of men and women that need to stomp a snake on the head. I'm not going in that area right there because I could say something I probably shouldn't, okay? But here's what I do want to say. You don't play with snakes. You cut their head off. If you ponder and you consider and you think and you let it warp and you, you begin to reason human reasoning... There is no authority in human logic and reasoning when it comes to the devil's temptation. You go straight to the Word. You say, this is my faith. This is what I believe. God is true. God is good. God is faithful. God says this, I'm done. And that's the way you nip it in the bud. Okay? You don't fight Satan apart from the Word of God. And notice this. Afterwards it says the good thing, verse 13, Now when the devil had ended his temptation, he departed from him until another opportune time. 
And so here's the thing. Defeat is something that he despises. The devil hates to lose. You know why? Because when we stand for the Lord, it humbles the devil. And above all, the very reason he fell because of pride. His heart's desire is to exalt himself above God. And one of the greatest victories that a believer can have is when he resists the devil. And the Bible says when you resist the devil, he has to flee from you. You know why? Because the more that you resist him, the more God is exalted and the more humbled Satan is. And he's like, man, I have got to go. And just the thought of that, I don't know about you, I hate him so much, but just the thought that my response to his temptation, man, this thing's crazy this morning, can bring him to a place of total humility, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy it. Probably better than kicking him in the teeth, if you want to know the truth. Now let me finish up. The glory of the Lord, I'm almost telling you, give me five minutes. Verse 14 and 15, notice what followed, obedience, okay? Verse 14 and 15, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of Him went out through all the surrounding region, and He taught in their synagogues, notice this, being glorified by all. Man, the glory of the Lord followed His victory. Now, now here's what I want you to understand. It says the devil left until he had an opportune time, or he left for a season. The devil came back around multiple times. And just because you have one victory doesn't mean that you've accomplished full victory. Full victory is going to be accomplished when he's cast into the lake of fire. And that is his absolute destiny. (laughs) And so in that, I want to bring out that he's going to continue to tempt you. If it doesn't work in one way, you better be watching because he's coming from a different direction. Because his whole purpose is to bring us to a place to keep you shackled in chains, to keep you under his subjection and authority so that he can torment you, so that he can lead you to destruction, so that he can not only only bring as much pain in your life, but he can bring pain in the lives of others. Now, that's why he was at the cross. I love this part right here. You know, the devil was at the cross. You say, how do you know he's at the cross? Do you remember what the crowd was saying? If you are the Son of God, Come down off that cross. Remember what the thief on the cross said on one side? One side, one thief glorified him. The one thief that glorified him said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, will you remember me? But the other thief, what did he say? If you are the Son of God. Satan was right there in Jesus' ear the whole time. If you are the Son of God, save yourself and us and get us off this cross. So what was the devil doing? He was giving his last and best effort to keep Jesus off of the cross because if he had not died on the cross, we would all belong as property of the devil. But through blood-covered eyes, Jesus looked and he saw you. And he saw me. And he endured such a temptation. And he did overcome. And when he was buried, he buried our sins in the grave. Listen to me. We aren't the ones that got the victory. He's the one that got the victory. Because on the third day, he rose again, crushed the head of the snake. You know, old snake, you crush a snake's head, it comes out. He might wiggle for a while, but he has no power. And for those who put their faith and trust in Jesus, because he overcame, you can overcome. No temptation. No temptation in your life has you under its authority or under its control when the Spirit of God resides in you and you trust in Him and you respond to Him and you give God glory. So I encourage you this morning. Number one, the devil's probably 
talking to a lot of folk here, maybe a few folk here to go, you don't need all this Jesus stuff. If you've never trusted the Lord your Savior, I can guarantee you, He's going to appeal to you by the pride of your flesh. Don't do that. What will people say? What will people think? You know, think about what you're going to give up. Appeal to the, appeal to the flesh and the desires. You're going to have to quit this. You're going to have to turn away from that. You're going to have to stop this. You know, think about all you're going to give up if you do this whole Christianity thing. There's no power in that. You're your own God. You're in control of your own life. Here goes the pride. You're a good person. You haven't never killed anybody. You haven't never robbed a bank. God's going to see you as good. You're created in His image. And all the while, Jesus is like, I died for you. In order for you to be saved, you have to humble yourself. In order for you to be saved, you have to humble yourself and call upon the Lord as your one and only hope because He's the only one who will save you. And you've got a choice to listen and respond to one or two voices today. You'll either walk out of here because you believe the Word of God and you trust in Jesus, saved, signed, sealed, and delivered with, with God looking at you going, this is my beloved child and who I am well pleased, or you'll walk out deceived. And walking in a path of destruction. And I ain't just talking to lost folks. It's God's people. I would imagine each and every person sitting and standing here this morning would have to say, there are things in my life that I'm being tempted with. I'm being tempted with all kinds of different things. And I'm at a place where I have to make a choice. Do I want to give God glory? Or do I want to bow to the devil? Because ultimately that's the decision. And that decision is on each one of us this morning. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, just bow before you this morning. Lord, you're the only one who's worthy of being bowed before. And I thank you, Jesus, that you fought a battle we could never win. I thank you, Lord, that even though Adam made the choice that he made, I thank you that you chose because you love sinners, that you would come and represent me and fight my battle for me. And God, there's so many times in my life where, man, I just uh, chose to bow to the devil. I brought shame to your name, Lord. But I thank you, Jesus, that you stand on my behalf. Even when I fall, Lord, to pick me up and to raise me up in your grace and your goodness to restore us. And God, I pray you give us strength and give us a total dependence upon your spirit, God. Recognize that the devil's trying to come against us and war against us, God, and we will stand for your glory. God, if we can't do anything else, Lord, we can, we can stand. And Lord, I pray that you would be with the ones here today who are struggling right now with temptation. That they would see the one who's doing it, God, the one who despises them. <clears throat> The one who hates them. The one who wants to destroy them. Lord, they would see you in all of your glory and all of your goodness. When they look at the cross, knowing what you went through in order to save them and deliver them from that. God, that they would see you as all-powerful. There's nothing that the devil can do to bring us under unless we allow it. And God, I pray that you would just strengthen them in their heart today. Lord, just, just to walk away from it. God, I pray that you would save lost people, Lord, not only here, but in every church in this nation today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
you can do I just want you